Hi, this is Daniela Wolf with Bestie Life, the podcast, and this is your community to support you through the little and not so little events that make up your day-to-day life. From the I've got this moments to the Ugh, I just can't moments, we are here to empower all women to find and develop the skills they need to find peace, balance, and the bliss in their busy through solo episodes as well as interviews with amazing women who share their journey and their story and how it works for you. I hope you find the inspirations to make you laugh, think, as well as maybe rethink what you thought you knew and connect as we realize that we are all living similar ups and downs and don't have to do it alone. So excited for you to hear this episode and thanks so much for joining me today. This is Daniela with Bestie Life, the podcast, and today I am so excited for you to meet Kim Kimball of Kim Kimball Coaching. She helps women, people pleasers, and perfectionists have kick-ass lives and relationships with more of you and yourself in them. So thank you so much, Kim, for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Daniela. So I know that was kind of a broad overview of all the amazing things that you do. So if you could kind of back us up a little bit, share your story and your journey of what led you to forming your coaching business as well as how you help women? Yeah, sure. So um, I will give you the moderate length version (laughs) just for time's sake. But the long story medium is that I was a physical therapist for many years and it was kind of a safe path that I think my parents sort of directed me down. Just, you know, kind of choose the thing that you know you can always make money at, healthcare field, you know, is a safe bet, all of that stuff. Um, And I was genuinely interested in, in, you know, like anatomy physiology, health sciences, things like that. But my real passion was creativity, photography, but they said that was a hobby that you should just do on the side. And so I sort of got funneled down this one path and I kept waiting to really, really love it or like it, especially when you get a doctorate level education, right? And (laughs) you spend all of this time and all of this money on something. And I just kept on waking up in my life and, and not being thrilled, you know? being very less than thrilled, not really liking it, not really enjoying it. And then through a series of events, I I thought that I was going to go down this one path of marriage and kids with this one partner, and that didn't work out. Um, and then I realized when that didn't work out, I realized that I was waiting for these external events to sort of come and save me mm-hmm. in my life. And I realized that I was like thinking in my head, oh, well, like when I get married and when I have kids, then I can transition transition down my hours in this job that's not really fulfilling, then I can make these changes to my life. And when that didn't follow through, I was left with no one's coming to save me. I need to save myself. I need to be the one that's going to create the life that I want to create for myself. And so I ended up promptly quitting my job and backpacking around the world by myself, having my own little eat, pray, love journey, just going on this really internal journey of self-discovery of what's working, what's not working, getting radically honest with myself. Um, where do I need to make changes? What do I really want? And I did this for months. You know, It was a very intensive, I mean, it sounds glorious and glamorous. And it was also very intense at the same time. Yeah, um, you love to see that. <laughs> I did in a very big way. Um, and, and so I ended up having a business idea. Um, when I came back, I joined a program. And when I expressed my business, this idea with some folks, they were like, Oh, you mean like life coaching? 
something? And I was like, wait a second, what's that? I've never even heard of that. I don't know what that is. I had someone give me a complimentary session for me to experience it. And when I did experience it, it felt like everything was just clicking into place. And I knew immediately like, this is what I'm meant to do. This is it. This is totally it. Um, I enrolled in a coach certification program that took me a year and the rest is history. I really created my business from there. And as far as, you know, <clears throat> how I came up with the specific type of work that I help um, women with at this point in time, specifically, you know, I, I, I really help women leaders, ambitious women who have a pattern of codependency or people pleasing really show up as the sovereign leaders of their own life and their relationships and their business, really wherever these patterns are showing up for them. And honestly, I think most of us do the work that we needed at a, at a certain period of time. And that was the work that I needed. That was me, you know, in, in years past. So that's really how I, I landed. And that work is, is working through it myself. Yeah, I can relate to so many things you're saying. And I'm sure my listeners can as well, because it is such a common theme. And I hear it so often. And I think we've all experienced those times when, you know, we're either following the track that someone has kind of led us to that that's going to be the safer way. Those are the things we should be doing that we pick these things when we're at, I think, such a young age when we still haven't even figured ourselves out with. And we look for whether it's material validation that we're successful or these other side of ourselves things. And I love the way you phrased it. Nobody's coming to save us. We have to save ourselves. We have to create that contentment and that life in whatever way that's going to look like for you. It was the eat, pray, love journey for other people. It might just be creating and carving a specific routine in their day. You know, I think there's so many ways that we can kind of save ourselves from those other things we've created in our world that I love the possibility of it all that you share. Yeah, absolutely. I, if it was up to me, no one would be allowed to choose a college major and or career path at that age. <laughs> I love that you mentioned that. I'm like, who knows what they're supposed to do <laughs> when they're 18 years old and and those insidious you know shoulds like you were naming that all of us tend to have in the back of our mind that can kind of put us down a path that maybe isn't necessarily meant for us yeah and i think there's that that piece too of following our passion versus what's safe going into social work my dad was an engineer he always was like how are you going to make any money doing that how are you going to take care of yourself doing that you know and he felt like i needed to be in something you know like him like math or science or something that had this different um, financial value to it versus what made me happy. It was a very strong message that I got, you know, that it was like, if I wasn't making money, it, it wasn't going to be successful versus what my measure of success was. Mm, yeah, I think that that distinction of your own definition of success is so important. Yeah, yeah, because I think success, you know, doesn't have to come from material things. It can come from the happiness of ourselves, the happiness of our kids, the kind of freedom we have in our lives in different ways. You can be financially, materialistically very successful and not have any time or any freedom or choice. And so it just depends on, I don't think there's any wrong answer per se, but I think like you said, kind of knowing yourself well enough to know what you're going to need so that you are creating the life and the relationships that fill you up. Yes, exactly. 
Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. So when somebody comes to work with you, what are kind of some of the, the key starting points that you would have somebody look at if they were considering going, you know, going to see a life coach? Yeah. So, you know, I work on such a, a broad range of topics. So, but really what I, what I most like to see is like, what's hanging you up? You know, what, what, where do you want to be? What's mm-hmm. getting in the way? Because a lot of here, here's the thing that I think is so interesting is that I think deep down, most people know mm-hmm. and have an awareness around what they actually need or need to do. There's just this difficulty with actually implementing it or or it's like oversimplified. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say that there's somebody that I, I feel like um, this would be resonant for, for your audience. Let's say there's somebody who's a people pleaser and has zero time for themselves and has run themselves ragged and and they're just on empty. They're just completely depleted. Every and, month I know, basically. <laughs> yes. And so... And and then they're like, well, I need boundaries. And they know that they need boundaries, Mm -hmm. but being able to implement boundaries, they don't know how to actually implement the boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? And so they can know cognitively, okay, I need boundaries, but there's so many steps underneath that 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 are actual skill sets that need to be built, that that's the juice of what I work with people on, right? Because let's say underneath the umbrella of this large overarching umbrella of boundaries, okay, well, we need to establish that your worth and importance is just as valuable and worthy as anybody else in the room, Mm -hmm. right? If you don't have that in place, you're not going to be able to enforce boundaries. There's the issue of being able to articulate your needs. So often people don't have that internal attunement Mm-hmm. To even know what their needs are to to much less know what to draw a boundary around right or or then to be and then then being able to express those things and communicate those things in a way that allows those needs and those boundaries to be most likely to be met is a whole nother skill set to build right yeah so I think people can get so frustrated that like well mm-hmm. I know that I need boundaries but why can't I do it and then they'll get stuck in this process of not asking for help or not um wanting to to get help from somebody like me or you because they're like, well, I know what the answer is and I just can't do it. Well, you can't do it because there are so many of these more micro skill sets that are underneath this larger umbrella that really take um, skill and learning that I break down for people. Right. So that's a little bit of an example. Yeah. And I think something that I see frequently sometimes too, is we assume when we're doing the right thing or the thing that's supposed to make us feel good, that it's going to start off feeling good. And I think, you know, like to use your example of boundaries, when we're putting up where we're going to stop people pleasing, we're putting some limits in place and not that they're a bad thing, they're healthy for us and the people that we're putting them in place with, but that initial pushback, that initial discomfort and disruption in kind of what's the status quo. I think we panic and that's where we revert back then to what we already know, even though we're not happy because it keeps everybody else happy. And I don't think people expect the level of discomfort sometimes mm. that comes from making any kind of positive change. We assume it's going to be all gumdrops and rainbows. And that's not the case. I saw, I don't know if it was a meme or a quote or something like that, where it's like, you know, the person who is taking the steps to be healthy is usually the disruptor in the family kind of thing. And it's like, yes, yes. You know, the one who's putting down like, nope, we're not doing this anymore. Everyone's like, what? 
and that is, I think, such a hard part to go through alone. So having the support of a coach as well as friends and a network, a group, things like that is going to help get through that really hard hurdle. Yeah, I love that point, Daniela, and I couldn't agree with you anymore. And I also want to add to that as well, that it's not just the discomfort that's coming from the external and from, you know, the shift in the dynamic of yeah. the other person perceiving the shift. I find it's also the internal discomfort, mm -hmm. right? It's the internal discomfort of like using your voice in that way, taking up more space. It's the quote unquote guilt feeling that comes with setting boundaries. Um, so it really can bombard you from all sides. And like you're saying, if you don't have a support system there, if you don't have someone like you or I or a group or whatever it is to really normalize that, hey, even with good change, there is this level of discomfort that is going to happen and be able to get the support that you need through that. It makes it more difficult to sustain those changes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we surround ourselves with people who get that, it kind of can help us validate, you know, the things we're feeling and that we're going through so that we don't just instantly revert back to what we've always done. Yeah. A thousand percent. So what do you do for you to take care of yourself? Like now you've found your passion, you found the career that you love and, and all of those kind of things. But I think sometimes too, it, it helps to kind of peek behind the curtain and show, you know, like we're still people and we still need to maintain those same practices and systems and things like that. So what are some of the things that you do to maintain your own self-care practice and happiness? Yeah. When I really think about a self-care practice, I think that for me, it kind of has three steps that I break it down into. Mm -hmm. So three, those three steps, and I've sort of mentioned a little bit of it already, but the first one is that self-attunement. Mm -hmm. In other words, like being really attuned with myself of what do I need right now? Because I think especially as women, we can be so attuned to other people and what's going on around us. And then we tune ourselves out and we're just completely disconnected from what I need. So my first piece of self-care for me is being able to really do that tuning in all throughout the day of what is it that I need? What's going on within me right now? Noticing these even little micro changes of like, huh, I'm noticing that I'm a little annoyed right now. Maybe my capacity is running a little low. Maybe I need to do a little self-care practice in this moment to better resource myself, to build my capacity. And that's a moment by moment and day by day thing, right? So that's that first thing for me is the self-attunement. The next part of that is is radical honesty. And I mentioned that a little bit in my in my story. But let's say just to piggyback off the example that I'm just giving, I'm noticing that I have a shorter fuse, or I'm a little bit more annoyed. It's like, okay, I need to be radically honest with myself of I don't my capacity is low right now, I've overextended myself, and I need to potentially remove myself from a, a situation where I'm overstimulated and just take five minutes to do, let's say like a, a breathing exercise exercise in a in a quiet room, right? Mm -hmm. To to sort of calm my nervous system. So but it, it that radical honesty, what I mean by that is in the past, potentially, I could have just pushed through that, even though I maybe had the awareness of like, Oh, I'm really annoyed right now. Well, I, I wouldn't have stopped and yeah. realized that I needed to do that practice, I would have just kept going and then I would have gotten increasingly more annoyed and my capacity would have gotten lower. Mm -hmm. And then there eventually would have been a blow up, right? Um, so that the, the 
the self-attune is the first piece, the radical honesty is the second piece. And then the third piece I've already sort of jumped ahead on, but is aligned action. Mm -hmm. It's just taking action and alignment with, okay, what is this information that I have based on the attunement and me being really honest with myself, what do I need to do based on that information? Right. And in the, in, in the, um, you know, example that I just gave you, it was, I need to remove myself from this situation, do a breathing practice, calm my nervous system, and then be able to re-engage when I have an increased capacity. So that's sort of the, the overarching steps. And of course there's so many things underneath that, but sort of my go-to practices with, you know, for the aligned action piece that I just, said are things like being in nature is huge for me that is like probably my primary regulating resource going for a walk getting outside even when it's cold outside right now that helps me so much you know aligned movement that can be like the walk like I said it can be doing like some yoga practices breath work, as I mentioned, um, calling a friend or calling upon somebody else who has a regulated nervous system to help regulate mine, doing some co-regulating um, situations, journaling, reading, um, centering prayer for me is huge. I am somebody that is really sensitive. I would consider myself definitely a highly sensitive person. Mm -hmm. And so I can get very overstimulated and being able to be, again, self-attuned, self-aware of when I'm overstimulated and being able to sit in silence and take some alone time when I need is really important for me. So those are some of the like my grab bag of go-to things of those aligned actions based on what I'm figuring that I need in the moment. Yeah. And I, I love always having options because I think it definitely, varies based on the situation, what you're feeling, where you are, how much time you have. But I also love that you shared that these aren't like massive time sucking things. It's not, you need an hour to go to get a massage. You don't need to go spend money on doing anything. These can be as short as taking some quick breath work on your own behind the door. You know, maybe you go hide in the bathroom and shut the door for a couple minutes or whatever you need to do. This can be very quick. You know, I know sometimes even for nature, like I'll go take an extra long walk to the mailbox and come back and those brief moments, but knowing ahead of time, what works for you, what your practice has been, even when when you're not feeling stressed probably makes it so much easier to slide into that that re-regulation of how you're feeling yeah and I find these smaller things just like you're saying Daniela are so much more sustainable yeah it's so much more sustainable because let's say if it's a big hit to your time and to your finances you're going to be so much less likely yeah. to do it with the amount of frequency that would actually be beneficial for you so really having that internal attunement to know what you need throughout the day and being able to sort of bake that in mm -hmm. and these small little increments throughout the day can go such a long way. And I'm sure the practice part of it helps you in that middle step of being attuned and feeling what you need. That probably initially might be a little bit more of a lift to kind of really settle into focusing on what you need. But as you kind of get to know yourself better and have that self-awareness, I'm assuming, you know, like it's easier to kind of figure out, okay, this is how I'm feeling. And this is the skill that's going to, the actions that's going to help me. Yes, precisely. Mm -hmm. Awesome. As part of self-care, one of the things I always love to ask my guests about as well is gratitude, because I think 
that's another quick and easy thing that you can do to know how much just being thankful for the things you have, or just being able to focus on that moment and be present and mindful on certain things can help shift the way we feel. And when we feel differently, we act differently and things like that. So what would be some things that you would say you're the most grateful for? I am the most grateful for my husband, probably primarily first and foremost, um, and our relationship, we met in this really fantastical, like almost hard to believe way that was just kind of divinely inspired and oh, um, hearing great meat stories. <laughs> yeah. So, so just, uh, you know, I, I constantly look back at that and I'm like, how did that even happen? And how did I get here? And I'm just really fortunate and, and thankful for our relationship. Um, I'm also just really, really grateful and thankful to do work that I genuinely care so much about and love and enjoy, especially after so many years of not being able to say that, you know, not that I didn't care, but that it wasn't something that I enjoyed, or that I felt like really, I was motivated to get up in the morning and do and I very much feel that way about my business and what I the work that I do in the world. I'm also really grateful and thankful to be pregnant with my first child right now after um, thank you after four years of trying, you know, it was a really long and difficult road for us. So it's certainly not lost on me, you know, the blessing that it is to be able to, to finally have a success story with that. So those are some of my top ones. Those are all amazing gifts that definitely can be part of your every single day. You know, they're not waiting for a special event. I know as the time of this recording, you know, the holidays are coming up and I think having more daily sustainable things, whether it's your practices, your gratitudes, all those things definitely contribute into helping you create that life that you're looking for. So where can people find you, Kim? How can people work with you, get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you for that invitation. A couple of different places. I hang out probably the most on Instagram and my handle on Instagram is Kim Kimball Coaching. And um, I will say I'm probably going to be shifting that around the time of my maternity leave to hanging out more on my newsletter and less forward facing on social media. Mm -hmm. So even if you go to my Instagram, you'll be able to subscribe to my newsletter from there. So I'd also highly recommend that you do that. And then my website is just probably the best, most all encompassing resource. And that's kimkimballcoaching.com. Awesome. And all those links will be live in the show notes below. So thank you so much, Kim, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to get updates on the baby and everything. So that'll be yeah, exciting. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thank you so much again for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know any questions or comments that you have. Also, if you can please leave an Apple five-star review so that this episode can be shared with more women. There's two quotes that I love, alone we may be strong, but together we are stronger, as well as when women support each other, incredible things happen. So let's be stronger and incredible together, as well as maybe just have some fun along the way. Thanks so much and talk to you soon. Bye.